Welcome back to Vox Podcast, the weekly pseudo-economic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, only one of you today. Just, just hey, me. Wayne. Hey, Mav. <laughs> just Wayne Wait, today. It's, it's, um, it's just us. Yeah. Um, should be interesting. Uh, actually, I know Katya was supposed to be, but she, she got called away, so she's going to miss the show that... Once people hear what the show topic is, you're going to be like, oh, that's very Katya. And Hannah's still on vacation, though. But they should both be back, I think, probably next week or soon. I don't know. Um, Soon. We've been doing some shows on male gaze stuff and like how visuals are used in pop culture media. And this is kind of an extension of that this week. But before we get to that, I'm going to introduce the guest because the topic is very her. And then... I also want to talk about something else that happened in the news, and I know um, the guest knows something. So first, I want to welcome back to the show, Monica Giraffo. Hey, Monica. Hey there. Hey, Monica. Welcome back. So if listeners recognize her voice, Monica was last on the show for the American Girl Doll episode, which was very fun and educational for me and one of my favorite shows that we've done in a long time. So thank you for that. But Wayne, you weren't there. So Wayne, Monica. there. Yeah. <laughs> Monica, Monica, this is Wayne. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so as an additional thing before we get into the topic a lot of times we just have like just random stuff that's going on and um since the last time we recorded and people might have forgotten but you know we record these shows a couple weeks out sometimes so since the last time we recorded something re- very very weird happened in <laughs> pop <weird>. culture <laughs> um in the geek pop I, culture I, I, world. I, I, I can't kind of can't believe we're having this conversation but here, uh, no, here no, no, no 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 hold on i can believe i'm having this conversation well, well, yes okay fair enough fair enough i can't believe this conversation I, fucking I, trended I, on twitter yeah right yeah i can believe you and i would have this conversation absolutely <laughs> okay so so the question is and monica you've seen this as well there was for various reasons a massive worldwide discussion this week as to whether or not batman eats pussy that yeah. was the discussion that was the discussion and like someone asked me first um in fact someone tagged me and anna papard who you know my co-host on gosh golly wow mm-hmm. um saying you two should clearly weigh in on this um, early in the morning, the day, the day that came out. And I'm like, what, weigh in on what? And then I go on Twitter and it's all anybody's talking about. Now, first off, and I know Anna has said this as well. Um, I am glad that people think of me when they think about sex and superheroes. Thank you. I yeah. guess yeah, that's, that's, that's your specialty. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but why are people interested in this? Do you, does this make sense to either of you guys? Yeah. I, well, I, and how did this come up? I mean, just for, for background, like I, I read about this for listeners who might not be aware of this, this global controversy. Um, what, you know, how did this conversation develop on Twitter? What, what led to this? Okay. So just as a throwaway in an article about, um, current superhero media, the writers of the Harley Quinn TV show mentioned that the DC executives wouldn't allow them to do a scene where Batman was giving oral sex to Catwoman. That was one of the things that they, and and, and just so people know this Harley Quinn cartoon show is very adult. Yes. Very adult. Um, But yeah, they wouldn't, they would not allow them to do this, to do the scene. And the reasoning was, well, Batman was a hero and heroes don't do that, which sounds, you know, sexist to start with. And then they were like, well, you know, no one wants to buy a toy for Batman. If you know that he goes down on women. And again, I'm like, no, 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 I, I don't have this problem. I see how some people might come on. they've, They've marketed toys with Kung Fu grip. Why not? This? Yes. <laughs> so, this is a, so this is the whole conversation, though. This is the whole conversation that happens. Like Stephen Colbert is talking about this. It's just like this media sensation for like three or four days. Like people ask me about it, and I was like, I, I'm certain Batman. You know, okay, I, okay I'm, I'm going to say something here, and 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 <laughs> for, forgive me, please, world, forgive me for saying this. I'm just happy to know that there's finally something I'm better at than Batman. <laughs> I think they, well maybe because I think the executive is just wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Although he really hasn't had time for for a lot of women in his life, his obsessions. You know, I mean, that we've played this up for uh, years that he's not really good with the whole dating thing. No, but he's dated so, a so, woman, so, and so yeah. Silver Saint Cloud did not sleep with him for that long yeah. without Kali yeah. you know, okay. Al It just doesn't make sense. It's a, it, it was a, it was a ridiculous thing to say. Monica, where are you at on this? <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a meme that was breaking down which cinematic Batman this may or may not apply to, which I think is a more fun discussion. (laughs) Because he definitely does. But which iteration of Batman does is like a very valid question. Probably not Adam West. 
Definitely I disagree. Not. I, see, see, I'm looking at the meme. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, Adam West was well. Okay, so Adam West. Well, it, it was the swing in '60s. So okay. Yeah. Um, Adam West, the actual person, Adam West, was literally ducking off the set of the set of Batman right. to go oh, to yeah, orgies. To go have sex. Yeah. Yeah, I've read I've read I've read the excerpts from his from his biography. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he and Robin both. Good good point. Yes. So like like he's like he's literally going to orgies from the set. So, you know, Adam West the person, certainly. Now Adam West, Bruce Wayne, the character professes to be oh, I'm very official. Um, Like he's a stick in the mud, but is that performative or is that real? Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, behind closed doors, I think it's still there's just too much Adam West in there. Yeah, yeah. So I so I personally, I would say yes to, to the Adam West Batman. But the one that I really disagree with is uh is we should go through all of them yeah we should definitely go through all of them and again we've got a real topic we're gonna get yeah, to in a yeah, moment we'll which, to it. which is not but, this but i, I do want to go through this this takes precedent yes yeah, so so okay so this was um so adam west um i i say yes okay <laughs> given your logic okay okay yeah. But I understand why you'd why, why you'd be questionable about it. Uh, now this one says Michael Keaton, and this says no. Why? I say yes. I say I Michael so. Keaton. He he's like the most human of all of the Batmans, and he has a really hard time dating. I think that whether or not he does it versus whether or not he's good at it are two different yeah, that's, uh, and that's a good topics. Yeah. But but I think he tries. I, I think he thinks that this is like he Michael Keaton in the first Batman movie wants a girlfriend so badly that he would do anything and this would be anything. Absolutely. I like the Michael Keaton Batman a lot. He's very neurotic. I like that portrayal of Batman that you know, he's the weird quirky guy. But, you know, I think that given the opportunity and the proper guidance, I, I, I don't think he's adverse to it. I think I really just every time I go back to the fact that he like invited Alfred on his first date with Vicky <laughs> <laughs> he's like i need to make this work <laughs> like so, right and yes. she asked and i think i think that he i think that he'd be good at taking direction yeah. that's where i'm at okay yeah so then the next one is val kilmer um he's your huckleberry uh, they say yes no now again the escape here is that val kilmer has weighed in himself saying that yes his batman does in fact do this <laughs> like because <laughs> like, because again this has been all over the place. So Val Kilmer, the person has been has has specifically been like, no, 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 Batman totally goes down. Like that's um so thank you, Val Kilmer. Um, I believe that I, he's, you know, having seen that movie, I believe that Chase Meridian, the Batman love interest in that film, who, you know, she certainly wants it and he seems to want to please her. So sure. Um, the next one they have is George Clooney. It says says he does, but he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys have opinions on that one? No. It's the worst movie. Oh, excuse you. <laughs> oh, you like it. The Schumacher Batman and Robin is my favorite Batman movie. Oh, interesting. Because it's the gayest. Like It is the gayest. It is and, the- and because it is the most campy and the most the most comic book-y to me. Like like something about it the is, Bat credit it's, 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 card is also the same vibe as yeah. like Rainbow Batman. Yeah. Like in, in ways that I'm totally on board with. Yeah. When, However, it came out, when it came out, it was not reflective of what was comic book in Batman yeah. comics. At the time, it felt like we have spent 30 years getting away from yes. campy Batman. Batman. Right. And, and I'm more accepting of it now, but you know, I enjoy it. Like, it. Yeah. I, I mean, enjoy, but, I enjoy it. As a, I enjoy it, the movie. But it but felt it, like such a step backwards to something that we wanted to be taken seriously. Well, I, that, but, but, but it answers the question. I'm going to say, no, he doesn't because he's obsessed with the rubber nipples. He's, he's way I, too I, I, into Robin. Like every, every woman in that movie is a beard. And I think that he is into <laughs> poison Ivy because Robin is into poison Ivy. And therefore totally it's like that. a, you know, like a little love triangle happening. I totally and buy so that. I think that he doesn't because he just same page. He just wouldn't because he doesn't like women. See, see, I like that movie, but my, my problem with that movie has always been that I don't think it knows what it wants to be. I think Schumacher wants to make Adam West movies in both in both of his Batman movies. Schumacher wow. wants to make old old style Adam West Batman movies, and Schumacher was being forced to make Tim Burton movies, and they both come across as um schizophrenic in a way it, to me. It, it was neither yeah, it was neither right. or left to his own devices, I think Schumacher makes Lego Batman, who, by the way, totally goes down. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So the next one they have is um, obviously the Chris Nolan Batman. Fail. And it says, doesn't, but expects it for himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's no debate. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> um, okay. So then I, I, I absolutely agree with this next one. Um, so you got, you got um, the Affleck Batman. Like it's his job. Yes. Yeah. Because Batman, like Batman was like see, a yeah. very conscientious Batman, and we see him wake up from a threesome in the in the film. Like we see him, like he's clearly. I I absolutely believe that you know he is not that successful without doing so. And uh, Wonder Woman finds him tolerable, so <laughs> there's got to be a reason for that. <laughs> you think you, you think you think he slept with Wonder Woman? I I don't, but I think that there's some level of like. He's got to be likable in some manner, and I think maybe she's picking up on the fact that he, okay. yeah, that the, he fact that she toler- the fact that she tolerates him at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the Pattinson one. I I think they're projecting there. It says yes, but he doesn't want to. I think they're projecting their their Twilight hate yeah. on on him because yeah. again, Robert Pattinson's a fine actor, and, yeah, and, 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 I, and I will withhold judgment until I see this film. Right, right. We haven't seen him, so yeah, so yeah, um, so none of which so, is our actual topic. No, but like, but I, but I. I would not. I could not, in good conscience, start this show right without addressing <laughs> without this. addressing that. Yes, because it's obviously incredibly important to pop culture and comics. Yes, <laughs> which is actually what we're talking about, and we are we are going to attempt. No, we're not. I was going to say we're going to attempt to do the entire rest of the show without talking about head. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> come up at any moment um but we're but that's not the major topic <laughs> the major topic this week this is actually interesting because this um this comes about because well frankly in a lot of ways we're just we're, we're gonna talk about monica's work that's why she's here we're, we're gonna talk about her research but um i want to start with the blog we're gonna talk about superhero costumes and just something that i've been thinking about a bunch um from knowing monica from my own research and from some ideas that came about when we were talking about um, Wayne, your and my PCA presentations this year. So for for the listener, um, I did put both Wayne and my PCA presentations. If you'd like to see them, they're up on our YouTube channel so you can watch them. But among other things, I made the comment during mine that I don't think superheroes really exist anymore. Superheroes as a concept, I said, are are sort of old fashioned. And now, you know, what we used to call superheroes is just it's it's how we tell heroic narratives now in 2021 and like the idea of well he's a superhero because he's got a cape or he's got a he's got funny underwear or whatever it's really just kind of silly and just like you know gluing itself to this old um to this outdated old idea of what superheroes were because you know like to argue about spider-man's a superhero but buffy's not that's stupid buffy is a superhero and then i thought about it and i was like um if we if we watch um all the shows on the cw that we watch we watch all the Arrowverse shows and they're clearly supposed to be superheroes but if you ask me why um, Cheryl Blossom on 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 Riverdale is not a superhero, whereas Oliver Queen is, I I can't tell you because we've seen Cheryl show up in a red hood with a bow and arrow, right? Uh, looking uh, essentially wearing Thea Queen's costume from yeah. from Arrow, like yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and doing the exact same gimmick. So I have no reasoning why they why one should count and one shouldn't, um, other than like just sort of inertia and this old idea. And then I started thinking about modern superhero um, shows and the arrow shows frankly they're in their superhero costumes very very infrequently and other than the ones that have to be because they're like in order trying to like match to this very iconic thing people are always like oh have you seen the new falcon and winter soldier costumes it's it's comic book accurate that's great and i was i was kind of i i like the falcon and winter soldier show but seeing him dressed up in that outfit looked real stupid to me it's <laughs> <laughs> like this is dumb, and and uh, and, I'm, and, uh, and 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 what I what I started realizing was um this is a why does why does Captain America and I mean I mean Sam Will Sam 
Wilson, John Walker, or Steve Rogers. Why do they wear masks? None of them have secret identities in the MCU. They've they've not had secret identities in comics in years, but like in the in the MCU, none of them have secret identities. They only wear masks because the co- the comic book iteration had a mask in like 1940. And yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, <laughs> the the really jaded and easy answer to that is branding. You know, this is the way they've been perceived. So, so of course, right? They, but it's they, branding they, for they us, it. not in not for their yeah. universe. It, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, no, no, no yeah, sense yeah, in no, their universe yeah, for them yeah, ever in, to have put right, the mask on. Right. I mean, but the, there is that moment in uh, the Civil War comic where mm-hmm. Captain America turns himself in and they're like, no, 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 it's Steve Rogers turning himself in. It's very different. And in that one, it's because it's specifically about identities and yeah. like the registration. But it also feels very forced because he is the one who like, it doesn't matter because we all know who he is, despite him being on the side of not wanting to have to reveal identities. Well, and to tie into to music stuff, you know, why did those guys in Kiss put on makeup in the 1970s to conceal their identity? It was a commercial consideration, but you know, it's, you know they, they, it's, it's a method of branding. Even in that universe, in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's an element of, and you know, we want to see these people standing apart from our our regular, they, they need to stand apart from the normal person on the street. We want to be able to look at them, identify them. Um, you know, psychologically, a costume says something. You know, military uniforms for throughout history, they have tall hats to make them look taller and scarier. They have broad shoulders. They, they sure. do things in, in design to make them stand apart and look impressive and identifiable. Uh-huh. But like it's not the same way that like a a a costume identifies people in comics, right? Comics are an yeah. artificial two-dimensional um mm-hmm. medium that is built on some tropes that we've kind of grown to know and love over the course over the course of like 80 years, right? In real life, as we know from 1970s attempts at making Captain America movies in real life, if you just stick someone in some spandex Captain America uniform, they look really dumb. Yeah. It, well, it's I, awful. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna. You and I have talked about this. The the comics artist Alex Ross, who is known for ultra realistic painting of, of characters, mm-hmm. and I in no way want to demean his talent because he's remarkably talented. The problem I've had with a lot of Alex Ross stuff is it is so realistic that the characters lose some of their grandeur for me. You know, I there there was a period in the early thousands where there's just a series of posters of DC characters being released and they kind of look like people cosplaying at a convention and now we have people cosplaying at conventions that look better than that <laughs> uh, and you know I, I kind of like heroes being iconic and symbolic and and me working on that level rather than just a guy in a suit and I, you know I, and I felt that way and a lot of people are appalled when I say this about Alex Ross because he is so well loved industry but like it, that's incredibly realistic but it looks like my dad not Captain America you know <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it took away for me it took away some of the grandeur and the symbolism of what the iconic costume did okay so my argument though is the three of us reading comics because we love comics and we want to be enveloped in a fantasy world right but inside that fantasy world yeah no no you're, and, and, and you're yeah. right yeah yeah in, in, is, their, in their diagetic reality right and there's no the, reason for it and given what we are presenting particularly with I think most superheroes in 2021 are not the comics that we read most superheroes are um most people's experience with superheroes are video games the mcu movies the dceu movies the cw arrowverse maybe some cartoons is that fair yeah yeah and i don't know so i understand that geeks complain as like we want comic accurate we want comic accurate i, I hear people complain to this day that the x-men movies from the late 90s early 2000s were you know well through all the ones but like the early x-men movies were stupid because why are they wearing leather jackets instead of wearing their costumes because the leather jackets look cooler and, and they really do. And, and, and this is where I, where I wanted to bring in like Monica stuff, because you've got all kinds of theories about how like superhero outfits should work and how secret identity outfits work. But I started thinking about it and I don't know, I don't know what superhero outfits are for ever. And then I started really thinking about it. My favorite of the Arrowverse shows is easily legends of tomorrow. And it's the one that where they haven't worn their outfits like seasons they never put they never put the superhero customs on because they don't need to they run around in clothes not even that like all of the costumes that they change into are like i mean nothing is period accurate it's like you went to the halloween store or some version of like (laughs) we're going to the 1970s (laughs) and nobody cares because like that's the point like the point is that nothing is period accurate it's part of the fun of the show right like right is that it's fun to go awry awry and 
time is not linear. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, I I don't know that I care that um that they're comic accurate any more than I care that like this season they 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 went and met up with JFK and the guy looked nothing like JFK and they didn't even really try. You know, they gave him kind of they gave him kind of the you know the Boston accent that you and, and, and think as a Boston accent with one day worth of training for you know for your high school play <laughs> and, and kind of the hair yeah kind of and and it was fine I you know I and beyond that they're just like um well we we're in JFK time so she better be wearing a pillbox hat right. <laughs> yeah that's that's how much thought was put into it which like you just said Monica I, I thought that was fun myself <laughs> I mean, I mean I come at this too as like a I come from, you know, the fashion history dress historian community in which like period accurate, especially in like period films and television is a huge point of discussion where Mm -hmm. everyone wants to pick apart the things that are right and not right. And as someone who works in a costume department, like and as a fashion historian, like I get it. But I also get that when you go into a costume house, like every other show on TV is using that same costume house to rent and it could be that there are like 10 1960s shows in production (laughs) right now and so everyone is fighting over the same clothes um i've worked on shows where we've literally had to go like knock next door and like beg somebody being like hey like can we when are you returning those shoes? Like we could really use those. <laughs> um, and so like the things that are left are, you know, like the really bad, like polyester, like that aren't even like the right color palette. Like, you know, you just, you work with what you've got when you work in TV and your production schedule is just um, so aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure realizing that most people in the audience aren't going to notice one way or the other. No. Or, like, they don't need to. It, like, well, I also wonder, and this goes to the, I mean, this is, Monica, you're playing in two worlds here, right? Because you're playing, you're talking about, if we're talking about a show like Legends of Tomorrow, or where it's a time travel show and it's a superhero show, right? And you don't work from Legends of Tomorrow, but like, if we're talking about a, a show like that, right? We're talking about people who, you're going to have the people who are going to complain, this, they're supposed to be in 1962. And that top didn't come out till 1967. What 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 the fuck are they take us for? Right. You're gonna have people complain about that, right? <laughs> and you're also gonna have people complain about like, well, why aren't ISIS's, you know, why 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 isn't she wearing her comic accurate? Eh, whatever. And neither of those is the most important thing. The most important thing is the artistic vision of making the show look good. It, it, it just that has to come first, right? Um if you talk about if you go back to our, our Bridgerton episodes, we talked about the fact that, you know, in Bridgerton, yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know, there's, they're paying attention, trying to do things that are kind of period accurate, but they also used a lot of glitter <laughs> just because like, because that was the aesthetic of the show. And like, you know, there was really a lot of glitter and people complained and were like, well, you know, why is there so much glitter? And it's like, because glitter is fabulous. Also, did you notice that the lead character is a black guy and a Duke? Look, we're, we're taking liberties, you know, like that was, right. the, <laughs> that was the, the point. And I think that you can do that sort of, because I think that, I think that in comic books and even right, like if you, if, if you start wondering questions like, why is it like this? Why is it like that? Then you started got, you, you got to start wondering questions like how do the clothes and comics even work? Right? Like every, every, certainly would. every superheroine yeah. you've ever seen that has like, you know, a costume that consists essentially of pasties that with no bra like <laughs> how does starfire's costume ever stay up or white queens no one knows it doesn't matter this is a this it's, it's a it's a visual thing it's not really a um a, a, a functional thing it really is a we like to pick and choose uh the parts of superhero like illustrated garments that like where we feel like it matters for them to be real or not real when we talk about this like like these clothes were never actually like drawn originally with the consideration that they would need to be like real garments at any point in time yeah and i'm like i'm pretty obsessed with like the development of material sciences and how that can be reflected in comics like when we when we think about um you know like when spandex was actually invented and and the dialogue that could be happening uh as costumes change but but it's also like a yeah like leather might be great but like leather also takes some time to break in and nobody's had time (laughs) to break that costume 
in because again, your production schedule is really aggressive. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and the well, simulation of aging things is not the same thing as aging actually, things. Like, that, yeah. that's wearing it for a year. That's not years yeah. of wear. Like, yeah. And and so it's like, yeah, like, oh, it's not, it's not accurate or it's not revealing. Well, in a lot of cases, it's like, did you want them to be able to like actually stand up or or run in it? Because like pretty famously, like the Flash, Colleen Atwood designed some boots for the Flash and he can't run in those boots. He can only stand in those boots. He has to have mm-hmm. another pair of boots for running. Right. <laughs> like, well, and, and, yeah, well, I mean, with fashion design, part of that is always taking into consideration what fabric is this going mm-hmm. to be? You know, how does this drape? How does this work on a real person? Where designing a superhero costume comics is very much a, does this look cool? Mm-hmm. I mean, you end up with questions like Michael Keaton can't move his neck in the bat suit. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he just always turns his entire body, which looks weird. <laughs> 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 but it's a but, but it's a look and it just becomes part of the way Batman moves because because he couldn't turn his neck. I, I don't know. So then I am I'm of the opinion. I mean, and I don't know your mileage may vary. But for me, what Wayne just said, does this look cool? That's all I ever really care about. Right. Like I like I want to know that my superhero looks like a badass or looks like, you know, a funny guy or looks like whatever. But I want to I want the costume to look cool for the character mm-hmm. more than okay. I care about whether it matches whether it matches reality you know can this hold up to physics I don't care well, the, is, it, is it historically accurate I don't care is it com- is it comic accurate I don't care the, the changing length of Batman's cape in any given story drawn by Marshall Rogers depending on how dramatic <laughs> it needed to be <laughs> Yeah, and, and and I mean that, and that was a big part of it. It looked cool as hell, but you know, from one panel to the next, it changed. It would go from three feet to fourteen. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it really, uh, would. and a dramatic license. I mean, the thing that I really want to bring up is like, does it look cool? But that's that's not really how humans get dressed, right? Right, and right. Some, right. Sometimes I want to look cool. Sometimes mm-hmm. I want to be comfy. Sometimes yeah. I'm cleaning my house and I don't want that to get messed up. And like, <laughs> the, you kind of go through the same thing. Because superheroes like the more we try and emphasize their humanity the more we're gonna have to start bringing in these practical considerations beyond the idea of like can somebody move or are these boobs supported but but like you know like am I gonna get dirty do I care if I'm getting dirty like mm-hmm. I mean that's what I mean in terms of like you we kind of pick and choose the way we think about clothes being realistic without actually thinking about the decision making process that goes okay. into getting dirty rest as as a person since this is really this is like this is what you do monica this is what you write about what your research is on what does realistic mean to you when you're talking about i mean they're like it's all it's almost a, a nonsensical term right what what is a realistic way for the person who can burst into flame to dress right you know it's kind of a silly thing right but, but when you're saying realistic what are you talking about i mean that's you're right it's like it's a stupid ass term because like it, <laughs> because nothing about film production or costume design itself is is realistic like mm-hmm. we're, we're still picking clothes that are are serving the story um trying to make things as realistic as possible but the at the end of the day like you do sort of get it down to like well, what was my budget how much mm-hmm. was available at the time of of being purchased when i went into the store were these things in this actor's size if they weren't in this actor's size did i have the budget to hire a tailor to alter <laughs> them did i have the time for that tailor to alter them before they had to be on camera etc etc which so like all of the clothes on like a cw show you're like wow that really just looks like you just snipped the tags off and we're like here you go (laughs) so nothing about that is really looking realistic either um Mm -hmm. it's it's another one where i feel like we're getting hung up on the wrong on the wrong Mm -hmm. things for the wrong reasons well as i noted in the blog i do enjoy going through cw shows and saying can i buy that can i buy that where can i you know um like the the worn on tv fashion blog are like the best thing ever but but i mean not even just for the practical considerations of so i mean i mean and maybe i'm wrong but i would assume that um that you you think of this different if i ask you as a professional who does this and has to worry about you know how do i get my show in under budget and done you know i've got three days to dress these people so that's that's what you're going to do right um so that's that's one issue but compare that to as a fashion historian as someone who does research as someone who writes articles about this sort of thing do you 
you look at it differently when you're being academic versus when you're being professional? No, I actually have an article <laughs> that um, is coming okay. out in the Film Fashion <laughs> Consumption Journal uh, this month on the on this very topic, mm-hmm. which is sort of that you you can't uh, fully uh, ever uh, separate the the production constraints from the end text. Uh, and okay. even when I'm looking at uh, comics, there's still a sort of like you can usually if you if you poke around enough. Uh, if you understand enough about the culture of the time that it was published, like find a, a pretty similar image in in a catalog, in a movie, in mm-hmm. a something that you know those clothes look that they were inspired. Sure, by. Well, and, and, and and yes, and you know, with with comic in terms of that, your budget is unlimited for what you put on the page. Right, but it's it's your time, your time in yeah. research, right? Right, right, time in I mean, research. Production like, time isn't necessarily limit. Uh, right, is limited. Right. you know, I've, I've talked right. to some yeah. creators, and I'm like, why did you pick this? And they were like, girl, I had four books it's going on draw. at that time right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. well yeah, yeah there, there's a reason Jack of Hearts will never have an ongoing series you know just yeah, because it's it, too complicated yeah incredibly complicated costume yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about civilian clothes, right? Like, um, there there is no shortage of you know what is Mary Jane Watson wearing this week? Well, it's whatever was on the cover of Vogue last week. That's what she's wearing because that's that's how much work we put into it, right? And what what are the kids in Archie wearing? Whatever our fans sent us drawings of. Yes, yeah, and and, <laughs> and you can tell. I mean, yeah. if you, I mean, you you said doing the research, like like you can tell. Um, when Todd McFarlane is drawing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and later Adjective Spider-Man, he's just, he's clearly just reading Cosmo and Vogue in order to dress mm-hmm. Mary Jane Mott. Yeah. Mary Jane. That's, I, that's Dan, how he's doing it. Dan DiCarlo, who is one of the, the top Archie artists you know, throughout the of, all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of all time. Uh, <laughs> really, when, when you think, if, if you picture in your mind what Archie comics look like, you're picturing Dan DiCarlo. Yes. He, he had teenage daughters through most of the period that he was mm-hmm. drawing that and said, you know, just overtly based a lot of what he drew in the book on the way they Them were and their friends. Yes. And their friends. <laughs> yes, they are people. Archie, Archie was always timely because like he, because it was literally just, well, this is what they are, are literally wearing. And, and you can tell. <laughs> like verbatim conversations with um, artists being like, you know, talk to me about the the fashion that you drew uh, in this book. And they've been like, ha ha ha, I didn't pay attention to fashion at all. I just like looked at whatever my daughter was wearing. And I was like, sir, yeah. don't you think that your teenage daughter cared about fashion? She's a teenage daughter. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. There's that yeah. influence is he, he still coming through whether to. you consciously mm-hmm. put it in or not because yeah. she yeah. she mm-hmm. did that labor for you basically. <laughs> right. Yep. I, and I think DiCarlo was actually aware of it. I believe he said yeah. so. Yeah. Like I believe in his case he was just like I don't have to think about this. I know an actual teenager and this right. is what yeah. she is wearing. <laughs> like I yeah. believe that's how he was doing it. So. Yeah. Okay. So but that becomes the question of something that Monica said earlier. It's not you know you're not really matching the clothes right. Like you're 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 doing a costume doom version of it right um uh, i think back on the american girl episode you talked about um we talked about the 80s doll right and the 80s doll doesn't look anything like what anybody who ever any no no eight-year-old girl in the 80s actually dressed like that Alyssa milano dressed like that she wanted to yeah Alyssa milano dressed like that on who's the boss that's that's where the clothes came from right i mean you talked about uh legends of tomorrow but like the the arrowverse shows or or the you know the movies like the mcu movies like people dress they dress in the idea of i mean because the the outfit has to kind of give you an idea of what the character is right like you need to be able to tell on riverdale you know which one what is something Betty would wear versus what is something Veronica would wear and and versus what is something Cheryl would wear? Um, you need to be able to. Um, and that's more distinct on the show than it ever was. In the comic. Yes. Even even though they're clearly just buying off the rack for Legends of Tomorrow, a show that has seven main characters. I have a very distinct idea of the way um, Rory dresses versus the way Nate dresses. I can tell. Right. And I can tell the way Ava dresses the way, versus the way Sarah dresses. They have distinct styles even within the constraints of i'm spending exactly two hundred dollars on this person every week <laughs> like which is you know the, like this is two, the two hundred dollars worth of budget uh, worth of wardrobe budget that we've got to dress nate this week there are nate clothes right so i guess the reason i point this out is um classically the reason the reason superman dresses the way superman dresses is we need to be able to visually identify the idea of superman to where you know people get pissy if you take 
take the red underwear off because it doesn't look like Superman anymore. Like we've 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 seen this argument happen every time they've tried to remove the 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 underwear over the last several decades plural um and they've you know so i so i get that right but i don't know that i'm just looking for recognizability when i'm doing a real person right like i have to do that for uh for a comic strip character because it's a simplistic drawing and i want to be able i want to i want to be able to know which one you know using clark kent as an example i mean he wore a blue suit a white shirt and a red tie so it's the same color scheme right right you know but i don't but like but to use monica's example beyond Beyonce doesn't wear the same thing every day. Right. Every time Beyonce, every time I see Beyonce, um, and I don't mean in her personal life, I mean as a performer, right? Beyonce's got lots of different Beyonce performance outfits, and they all look like every time I look at her, I'm like, okay, yep, that's Beyonce, because I know what her face looks like. And also, like, there's a general style to her that is Beyonce, which is why you can modify the flash outfit a little bit every season. You can modify the arrow outfit a little bit every season and still get you the idea of it. And I think the I think the the normal clothes work that way too. Is that fair? Well, well in, yeah. you're, you're using the music stuff. I reference Bowie who wore outrageous costumes, but you know when he was just Bowie in a suit, he was still Bowie. You know, he still projected. Right. Uh, I mean, and, and he had a distinct style. But even later in his life, when he was just wearing a nice suit while going out to the theater with his wife, child, mm-hmm. he, he's still David Bowie. You know, you you can see there's a sense of style there that finds him. So um, okay, with, with all the radical changes in in his stage persona. Okay. So then that brings me to the question that, um, I, and this is going to go into, Monica, you do a lot of stuff with secret identity clothing, right? And my question that I asked you when we were talking the other day when I was writing the blog is, well, does it even make sense to have superhero outfits at all? Like, shouldn't everybody just be Luke Cage at this point? <laughs> like, why I, well, why are that, there costumes? And, I, I, and I'm going to reference another character, Matt. You probably remember there was um, when, okay, Hawkeye was dead for a while. And when he first came back, there was a uh, a series, this is when Captain America was dead, and they were trying to figure out who's going to be the next Captain America, and Iron Man offered it to Hawkeye. It was his first real appearance after he came back to life. And in that book, it's just like, it's Hawkeye wearing a pair of blue jeans, a t-shirt, and a purple hoodie. And I looked at that and went, oh, that's what he should wear all the time, just normal clothes. <laughs> and then we kind of got that when Fraction did the series. <laughs> you know, just like, oh. Yeah, yeah the he, Aha and Fraction series is Yeah, is he, he, he's a guy who would just wear blue jeans and a t-shirt, huh? And I say that, and I, I thought it worked perfectly for him. And I kind of love that stupid old purple costume of his as well. <laughs> I mean, even so when you the CW shows have this like really terrible habit of like everyone should become a superhero at some point in time. Yeah. Like everyone yes. should get a superhero costume and a code name at some point in time. And it almost takes away because it's like even the the, you know, the day players, the people who come in for just uh, an episode or two. Like everybody gets some version of a leather suit. Like sometimes it's just a leather jacket, but like sometimes it's matching leather pants, but like it's a leather suit to the point where like you brought up like the first uh, sort of X-Men movie being like, yeah, like they Mm -hmm. look cooler. I don't think they look cooler anymore. I think everyone is starting to look ridiculous in the proliferation of of, like (laughs) every single superhero we have now decided is it's made of leather. Like, right, right. And, and, and so that's another one where I'm like, people like they love to use Jessica Jones as an example, but like, that's very costumey. Like she seems to only own jeans that come in one shade of blue. The nice yes. thing about <laughs> Luke Cage is, is that like the, really the only thing is that hoodie, like everything mm-hmm. else sort of changes or is just so unnoticeable, like that somehow that costume has sort of like finally breached its way into feeling realistic. Mm-hmm. And playing playing with that in comics, I'm going to bring up Mage again, which you know, that was in the 80s and it's a, a play on superheroes, but it was just a guy in a blue jeans and a t-shirt with a lightning bolt on it. And it wasn't really a costume, it was just, he was wearing this lightning bolt t-shirt before he got powers or knew who he was. And they sort of did this joke of like, they go back to his apartment, his shirt gets ripped up and he opens up his closet and he just has a closet of that t-shirt. It's all he wears. <laughs> just sort of this little throwaway explanation of why he's always wearing the same thing. And you know what? So, I mean, given what Monica just said, to me, that sort of works, right? Because I look at, so with Luke Cage and they gave up, um, they gave up the Power Man costume um, in the comics, uh, sort of. Uh, in the 90s. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, right? They give up, they give up his classic costume. 
And he sort of just starts, he at first moves to, you know, wearing a leather jacket and, and stuff. And then he just starts wearing clothes because why does he need an outfit? Like he'd sometimes, he, he'd classically wear a yellow t-shirt, but if, if the shirt's wait, not wait. yellow, that's fine. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, and I think about the idea of Luke Cage isn't even calling himself Power Man anymore. He's just Luke Cage. He's just this guy. So, um, so he doesn't have an identity. So therefore having a costume, a costume TM, I, I think doesn't make sense. But um, if you look at that Netflix series, he is always wearing the hoodie until he starts wearing the suit because there was a change in direction of the show. But I think that that is, you know, the costume there is he wears the same hoodie that, you know, me and every other random black guy age 13 through 65 wears when we're trying to be comfortable and, the, you know, and is likely to get a shot because that's the story that they're trying to tell. Right. right. Like right. They're, yeah. he, he's wearing he's wearing the, you know, the young black man hoodie. Is is his outfit right? And and, and, and they're definitely using that for right. yes semiotic reasons. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely part of the 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 DNA of the show, right? And then if I look at if I compare that to Jessica, I think I think you're right. I think they are literally the same pair of jeans because the character that is Jessica Jones, I think probably works with that mentality that Mage used as a joke, right? So mm-hmm. Kevin Matchstick, the joke is that he only, you know, is that he has, you know, 47 copies of the same t-shirt and 47 pairs of the same jeans right and the same and the same converse high tops right like that's that's the joke of that character but jessica jones the character is a is a heavily drinking burnout who for ease i think she probably just owns you know 20 pairs of jeans 47 wife beaters one leather jacket and like that's just you know that's just what she does like i believe that she just like look um the simplest thing I can do is I can go to Target and um, these jeans are in my size. So I'm buying 15 pairs. <laughs> like, I, I totally believe she does that. <laughs> Something about it. Like, I, d- I don't know why, but it, it, it leaves me pushing back because it borders on not like when we talk about like, I was just like, fuck your realism. But it doesn't feel realistic to me. <laughs> Real- <laughs> realism is just a construct. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's something Reality, about the idea that like, like, yeah, she could have bought them like, like at the same time but it was still like if she's not buying them all at the same time she would just walk into the store and just buy Mm -hmm. the same exact store and buy like the boyfriend jeans in a size 26 because she knows that that's what fits her without ever tying Mm -hmm. them on but because of the retail cycle they're not always going to look the same the way that they do Mm -hmm. on the show because they're going to change rinses every season Um, and and so like there is this point where like Jessica Jones is is a John Constantine to me Mm -hmm. like John Constantine like he has his his tie and his dress shirt and his Macintosh and despite the fact that those are street clothes they don't look mm-hmm. like street clothes because nobody dresses like that and and I right. feel the same way about Jessica that's a possible that she's not wearing like like that she's literally wearing the same pair of jeans that she just doesn't change for four or five <laughs> days in a row I believe that too yeah. I believe that one but in both those cases it is it's it is that remnant of just visual recognition, that branding of a character visually, mm-hmm. whether it is on the page or on the screen. Well, it's a distinct choice for yeah. her, right? Because Trish isn't like that in the same show, right? Yeah. Like Trish wears tons of clothing right. in the same in the same show. So they've made the distinct purpose to have Jessica be stagnant, mm-hmm. right? Which and, is and, and it says something to her character. I mean, all the stuff you were just saying, it speaks mm-hmm. to who she is. Mm-hmm. It's just so, okay. and, 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 and contrast with Trish. Yeah, I totally I totally can buy that. Mm-hmm. I like about that. So, so my my real question there though is still, why does anybody have a costume, right? Because so maybe Jessica should have dark jeans and light jeans in order to have a little bit of variation and and make Monica feel a little better about her, you know, base hum base humanity and ability to, you know. But like, but like the idea of she doesn't have a code name, she doesn't have a costume. Luke doesn't have a code name or a costume. Danny doesn't have a code name or costume. Well, he'll. He'll has a code name. He calls himself the Iron Fist, but nobody else will. It's, and, a, it's, it's a title. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, on the show, it's very much a title as opposed uh-huh. to his identity. Daredevil has a costume, and he's weird about it, and they, they kind of made it make sense, right? Mm-hmm. And then we move I, away from the Netflix. Oh, go ahead. I was actually just going to say, that one, I love when we get a, a little a little explanation backstory, and, and something about this whole discussion, and I don't mean to throw us on a tangent, but like, mm-hmm. 
there is that oh, the show's scene. on tangents. Yeah. <laughs> there is that scene in um, Teen Titans, the the live action. I guess it's just Titans, right? It's just Titans, um, mm-hmm. where he actually does go to like the suit manufacturer tailor shop, and they're yes. like, "We're not making you another one because you set the last one on fire." But like the idea that all of the costumes look the same because they're coming out of like the same manufacturing center is just yes. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise there's no like diegetic explanation as to why all of these superhero costumes are so similar. Mm-hmm. And there's I, feel a guy. Like, I guess it's, I'm it's okay what he with does. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it in Daredevil because yeah, like he goes to the guy and the guy makes <laughs> makes the suit and we've got the explanation. Yeah. You, you, and, and you need a you need a suit? I got a guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the MCU does that too for the films too. Like, um, like apparently Tony. Well, I mean, Tony's dead, but I guess presumably still tar- Stark Tech's doing it. Other than like, um, Sam's new costume came from Wakanda, but all the Avengers costumes, including Spider-Man's, just come from Tony. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a throwaway line where it's like, no, Tony is just making shit for everybody. You know, like uh-huh. that's he, he makes Captain America outfits, he makes Hawkeye outfits, he makes Spider-Man outfits. You know, and he makes Iron Man outfits, obviously, but just they're just all. Yeah. Tony's got, you know, it's Tony Stark. The tailor is just doing this. Yeah, if everything is going to be so homogenous, you have to have mm-hmm. an explanation for like the material similarity of everything. Mm-hmm. OK, so then if we're going to say that uniforms do something right, like cops wear uniforms. So, OK, fine. Superheroes can wear uniforms. And I saw I saw you had a comment on your Facebook post, Monica, about this, about like you know, the looking like motorcycle outfits rather than looking like um, like spandex, which I think makes sense because, again, the only reason that it's not even spandex, super superheroes literally have been wearing stuff to look like Circus Strongman since like 1939 because Circus Strongman used to be entertainment in 1939 and nobody's cared about them since like 1950. But we're <laughs> but, but, but we're, but we're yeah. so stuck with that that base it's, design. It's Circus Strongman. And then the other one that people don't really talk a lot about, and I got into it a little bit earlier saying that I'm obsessed with like materiality um, of uh, sort of like textile sciences uh, mm-hmm. is is that like a lot of it really is actually based off of like materials that were created sort of in the space exploration era mm-hmm. because these are materials like spandex, that were able yeah. to withhand, withstand you know sort of like uh, this like heat or or freezing temperatures or stretched these um, capabilities that never existed before because um, when we're talking about strongman we're not talking about spandex like we're talking about no. knitwear like yeah that's something yeah, no, that, and, like that's a knit like <laughs> yeah. and, and once again on 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 paper you can't see the textures or whatever it's it's that look it's the trunk mm-hmm. And, you know, some the, of them the you can see. So Janet Van Dyne actually has a, a costume with some like textural ridges in it mm. that mm-hmm. I read as a knit mm-hmm. um, because there's well, no I, other reason I, that there would be bumps yeah. on that costume or those bumps would be illustrated. And then sort mm-hmm. of as spandex becomes more popular, there aren't bumps on that costume anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so much of that depends on, on the artist and how they, they mm-hmm. render a lot of that sort of thing. But yeah, absolutely. Texture stuff can show up. I mean, with Superman and the Strongman thing, I was just thinking more about the cut of Strongman things, the shorts, the boots, and that sort of thing as opposed oh, to anything yeah. else. Well, but the point is, like, famously, why do superheroes wear underwear on the outside of their um, their outfits? Well, they're matching they're matching the tights of the of the strongman of the trapeze artist um, where they wore. They literally literally wore briefs outside their tights. Um, to hide their penises. That's why. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the, it was a functional thing. It was just, it was a modesty thing. And we can sort of make skin tight clothing in 2021 where that's not necessary. And yet we have continued to, less so with newer characters, but like a lot of characters continue to have this look. But then I was thinking about like the way Marvel and DC designs characters for both their print books and for, you know, their television and film properties. They're not matching the comic book aesthetic all that closely usually they're trying to they're trying to make outfits look like well if you were if you became a superhero in 2021 and had space age polymers you know what would your outfit look like it wouldn't look like this the ones that are trying to match it are character are shows like the boys or or um invincible where you're trying to really 
since the characters aren't as recognizable, you're really trying to remind the 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 viewer that we're doing a superhero thing. Pay attention. You know, you really yeah, want to yeah. you. This is, you know, the, the boys is about superheroes. See, they're wearing superhero costumes. Pay attention. It's a superhero costume Um, in a way that like well, there was one season of Arrow where Oliver basically stops wearing his outfit for a good six, seven episodes in the middle of the there's, there just is no green arrow. It's fine. <laughs> he's wearing he's running he's running around in a leather jacket it's fine because <laughs> his outfit isn't really much but that anyway so i guess what i'm wondering though is like what is a superhero outfit then now <laughs> there's a book by uh brownie and Graydon that i that i know monica's read um and that i've referenced before on the show called the superhero costume and it talks about the ways in which the uniform is a signifier right there when you said semiotic reasons they're really building off of like roland bart's work and the the, the superhero outfit um it's to it's to let you know that they're a superhero. Like I asked, um, you know, realistically, there is no good reason for Captain America to wear a mask in those movies. Um, and in fact, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, they introduce John Walker. He shows up in a mask. And then the first thing he does is take the mask down and do an interview. So what the fuck's the mask for? Right. <laughs> it's just branding of it's branding of Captain America. I mean, it literally makes no sense once you start stop to think about it. So I still I'm still trying to figure out what is is the idea of a uniform just to remind us abstractly that superheroes are a thing like it's just to take that question away yeah i I think it is just such so much a baked in part of genre you know like if we do a western today and obviously there's more historical precedent for real western or for real superheroes but you know like there these are the tropes that you know we have to have a cowboy movie there are cowboy hats there are horses there are six guns there are you know what and we saw that change over time from the big pin gallon hats to the the poncho the clint eastwood wore to things Mm -hmm. that were but it's still it when when firefly was on tv and they wanted to reference oh it's a western space they actually had you know conestoga wagons on the show you know there are these things that we so associate with a genre that they become signifiers of that genre. And I, I think that's just absolutely true with superheroes, even as much as they change, mm-hmm. uh, as, as much as I believe Buffy, Buffy is a superhero and, and you know, many, many other things. And I think for those core things, particularly Marvel and DC, it is just baked into it. I mean, uh, I was going to say, I always really throw the X-Men in there as like a challenger of like, a, do we really need superhero costumes? Because like during Claremont's era, like, uh, which was my sort of master's thesis, like they're changing clothes like every three issues during that period of time like like kitty has her like little like school uniform when she's trying to figure out what she wants her superhero costume to be like that's like she's just trying out a bunch of stuff rogue is showing up in a poncho for like two issues and it's only two issues Mm -hmm. like and then you know there is some version of it being like uh like a dan skin like leotard like unitard and then like some green things over it but what that green thing happens to be like sort of also changes every two issues to the point where like there's a point in the Outback series where like she's looking through her closet and the joke is that everything in it is green and she's looking for like a specific green item but it's not a specific green item that's actually like associated with a static costume and Mm -hmm. and during Storm's Mohawk phase like the only thing that's actually like the constant is the the Callisto vest. Like everything mm-hmm. else sort of like she does have her little like leather pants tube top vest thing, but then it's also like now she's decided that that punk aesthetic is also going to affect her like civilian clothing. So then she starts going out in like, you know, like boots that happen to have some like spikes yeah. on them and like a little belt that has some spikes on it. But yeah. then she's wearing a dress like and mm-hmm. I feel like that's an era where yeah. like there is we've fully proven that there is no need for a superhero costume Mm -hmm. especially like during the outback era when everyone thinks that they're dead like and so there's no need to visually signify yourself as a hero yeah but they're still out there doing heroic actions yeah yeah i mean x-men was certainly you're absolutely right one of the first places to do that you wolverine starts showing up without his costume without his mask fairly regularly early on and as someone who's reading that at the time you notice that because costumes are so much a part of that you didn't see peter parker going out and operating a spider Man, not in costume, but you did with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know in the Wolverine miniseries, Claremont, Frank Miller miniseries. Yeah. I, I, I was talking to Bill Rubenstein, Rubenstein. I'm not sure which way you pronounce that. Who was the anchor on the series at a convention way back when? And and I saw some 
some Xeroxes of some of the pencils and a tremendous amount of the art on that miniseries is more Joe than it is Frank Miller. Frank is <laughs> absolutely responsible for the layouts and the pacing and that sort of thing. But there were there were pages that were a little more than stick figures that, that Joe ate. Mm-hmm. But one of the things Joe told me then is Frank Miller absolutely hated the costume, saw no reason for it, and never drew it. If the costume appears in that miniseries, that's Joe. Mm-hmm. Frank Frank simply never drew the costume in that series. And just because he thought it wasn't necessary. And, and it's barely in it, too. And, and it's barely in it. And, and I think when it does appear in it, that was probably some editorial Jim Shooter saying, you got to put him in costume or nobody know who he is, because that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing Jim Shooter would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, but but at the time, that was, you, you noticed that because it was so unusual at that time. But is that what we're doing now, right? Because that's my argument. I, I think that we're only doing the costumes because, because people believe that if we don't put, if we, if we don't put Spider-Man in the costume, then nobody will know who he is. And, and Spider-Man is a weird edge case because in the MCU, at least up until the end of the last movie, he has a secret identity, right? So, but most of them don't have secret identities and it's the costume in as much as the Clark Kent costume is also a costume, you know, of being Clark Kent. It just became the performance of here's what a superhero is. I, just, I want to, you know, before we run out of time, I want to point out just because I'm not sure if this is even the same thing. I am um, back when the pandemic first started. Um, there was a point where, I, in fact, I remember like tweeting about it or, or, or tweeting and Facebook or Facebooking or something about it. Um, I just, I, I had to go to the grocery store and it was a nice day. So I walked, I walked to the grocery store. Um, it's uh, two blocks from my house. I got whatever I needed and I walked home. And as I was walking home, um, I saw like up the, up the street, up uh, a block. I saw my neighbor and he waved at me. They have, you know, just w- waved at me. And he was wearing, um, he was wearing a face mask. He had on a baseball cap and it was bright out. So he had on, he had on sunglasses. So his face was, you know, it was pandemic. So he had a, you know, his face was almost entirely covered, but I knew exactly who it was. And then I thought, how come nobody ever recognizes Robin? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or any of them. Yeah. Well, Robin has yeah. a little tiny black domino mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and like, it took me like literally like at no point did I ever go, I don't know who that person is. It took me like a split second of mental processing to look at a guy and, you know, with almost no exposed flesh on his face and know exactly who he was. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's the guy who lives down the street from me. I know who that is. Wait, isn't, with that, a mask on. isn't that a joke in the awful Green Lantern uh, Ryan Reynolds movie where, where yeah. she like calls him by name and she, and he's like, how did you know who I am? And she's like, it's a tiny little mask, bro. And we are running out of time, but I just want to throw this, and maybe this is like a lot of our episodes, something we need to come back to at some point with a, a different angle but even like in my real life you know i dress for the occasion i mean have you and i have talked there's a certain amount of the way i dress in the store you know i when i was teaching a pit a couple of years ago i would go to the store i would work there in my blue jeans and t-shirt with you know the hawkeye symbol on it and then i would go in the back room and change into my teaching costume and walk over to pit and i take i do more of that like you know our, our friend mark just teaches in jeans and, and hawaiian shirts and whatever because he's doing it for years. For me, I kind of needed that. I, I wanted to say something different when I was standing in front of the class with the way I look than when I'm at the store. And then mm-hmm. I go back to the store and I change back into my t-shirt. And some of my students come over and buy comics and I talk to them there as well. <laughs> but when I was, when I do that, and it's the same thing, if I do presentations, I I put on a, you know, it's not a three-piece suit tie, but I put on something that looks more professional because I'm wanting to say something about my appearance there. Pseudo-professional, uh, like pseudo-academic, yes. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, if I go out to see a band or here locally, you know, I, I dress differently than I do at work. Um, you know, so there, there's a certain amount of all of us, we dress differently for different occasions and for different jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were a superhero in my spare time, I would probably dress differently when I did that. Because you know, the clothes you wear says something about your identity. I, I think that's your identity in the clothing. Um, I, I think represents something. I think we derive a certain amount of self-confidence and power small from, from that association. Thing. So there's an old cartoon of uh, Bugs Bunny and uh, Elmer Fudd's you know, hunting thing, and a truck full of hats goes by, and the door flies open, and hats are flying around the entire episode. And every time a hat lands on one of their heads, their entire personality changes. Bugs becomes mm-hmm. a cowboy, you know, and just because of the hat. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a certain amount of we put on clothing, and it changes who we are to a certain extent by the way people perceive us in that clothing, as well as the way we feel about ourselves when we're wearing those cl- that clothing. I think psychologically, there's something there. If I was going out and fighting crime, I'd probably dress differently than I do when I'm selling comics at school. <laughs> 
<laughs> I buy that 100%. The idea that this is really more nowadays is really more for the hero than it is for them to be signifying to other people now that we've really like now that the superhero is a very established concept Mm -hmm. and the idea that it's doing something for them within. However, if it's doing something for them within, we really ought to also think about why did they choose that? Because I think that might be the space where things are are still getting mixed up because we're, I I talk a lot in the civilian clothing space about like, is this an outfit that was uh, given to the hero or an outfit that was chosen by the hero? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. For example, in the X-Men, Charles Xavier gives everyone their first costume. And then when Storm does her Mm -hmm. mohawk look even though those uniforms don't match does her sort of mohawk look that's an outfit that she chose for herself and so those two Mm -hmm. costumes are potentially saying more about the uh giver than the wearer depending on where they came from and so i think Mm -hmm. the clothes that sort of i always feel like are the most interesting because they're saying the most about like identity and introspection are the ones that are being chosen by the hero for the hero uh the same way that you're talking wayne and, and tying into some of my work is that identifying with an archetype, you, know, you identify with this idea and try to emulate that idea in your appearance and your behavior. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you identify with, with goth music and, and you wear a lot of blacks, that sort of thing, because that becomes your subculture identity. Um, and and not just use that that specifically, but any of the subculture. I, you know, how many, have you live in Pittsburgh, how many Steelers jerseys did you see on any given day? Uh, I don't, uncountable? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and I'm going to make a, a wild guess here and say that most of them aren't actually Pittsburgh Steelers. Not most of them, yeah. <laughs> um, but, there, but, there, but there's, you know, there's that identifying with, with this mm-hmm. symbol that they like, that you admire, that on some level you want to be. Um, I mean, yes, you wear it to, to represent your team and, and support your team. You also wear it to identify with what that means to you. Mm-hmm. you know, it's a certain amount of strength and, and winning and, and that sort of thing. Um, all the fan, all the fanboys who wear their Superman shirt or their Batman shirt or whatever, there's that desire to identify with what that represents. Mm-hmm. Which is actually one thing that I, I know we're getting to the end, but something I really wanted to bring up was sort of in these new uh, Marvel television series on Disney Plus. I've, I mean, there's always sort of been fan fashion, and recently there's been a lot more fan fashion, and it's been a lot more inclusive beyond the idea of like a unisex graphic t-shirt um but there's specifically been this movement of like you know when i watch wandavision and um like monica has the the little secret symbol necklace and then like mm-hmm. immediately i logged on to instagram and it was like you can buy the secret signal necklace and i was like, right. Right. <laughs> like or it happened on the loki series he has that like variant jacket and uh-huh. immediately mm-hmm. i logged on to instagram and it's like buy your own variant jacket and like <laughs> ugh, there's just something to me about like we've we've commodified costumes a little too much Mm -hmm. now that you can purchase the exact same thing that was worn on screen and it's the civilian article Mm -hmm. of clothing. So something about that makes it, you're like, wow, this is really capitalist in a way that I wasn't feeling before. Um... And it also, I think perhaps part of it is the fact that you're not giving the royalty to the costume designer who actually designed it, which is some bullshit. But (laughs) but beyond that, it's the fact that it's the immediate availability and the fact that like it was clearly intended to always be sold that makes it feel like less of a costume design, even Mm -hmm. though a Halloween costume is essentially the same thing. But the fact that it's Mm. the civilian clothes is like really rubbing me the wrong way uh, in ways I haven't fully worked through or figured out how to articulate that. But it's it's something I'm interested in asking other people about. Because that just feels so incredibly soullessly capitalistic. (laughs) Whether or not it was a good design, the fact that it's like, it's it's a very, uh, what is it, like the Wonka vision, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, so yeah, so we've resolved nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I like doing vague topics on this show Mm -hmm. sometimes, just because it's just sort of, uh, um, I mean, this was very much constructed about, I just wanted to talk about Monica's research, so (laughs) 
so <laughs> you know because i think what you do is interesting so yeah it was you know, a great conversation and, and yeah a lot of times just we just want to talk about stuff kind of work it out for ourselves and, and prompt new ideas so. right so but since it was so heavily based is there anything else that you want to make sure we definitely talked about no uh you know like it's it is so kind of you uh to want to hear about my work and to invite me on here i do come on here for the so. discussion not yeah. not to mm-hmm. just like spout all my own opinions like <laughs> i hear enough of those on my own <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and i think there's i think there's more to talk about so i, I think yeah. certainly you, well, be you coming back and, and continuing this in some yeah. in some <laughs> fashion <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 it's just katya couldn't join us i'm sure she'd have her own take about you know yeah. things as well so so we'll definitely have you back um but in the meantime anything you would like to plug um this is obviously my favorite topic and anytime anyone wants to ask me more questions or offer their own opinions um you can find me on instagram or on twitter uh at monica marvelous um yeah that's it mm-hmm. it shall be linked in the show notes wayne what about you yeah i get nothing <laughs> <laughs> I say no, it's just the yeah. as a, I mean, I mean, as a quiz. Do you know your own Instagram I, name I, this I, week? I, I do. It's, it's uh, what is it? Petrol ah. 2012. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. That is correct. That right. is correct. You two Thanks. weeks in a row, you have gotten it correct. That's awesome. Impressive. <laughs> Oh man, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, all of the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about next week. I'm actually not sure what that is yet, so we need to figure that out. But there'll be a blog posted. You can ring in with your thoughts. We can uh, address them. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell you get podcasts from. And do us a favor leave us a five-star review especially on itunes or apple podcast or whatever they're calling it now if you leave us a five-star review that tweaks the algorithm makes us more popular helps other people find the show and um that's uh, important for us because it makes our show work um you can also subscribe to us on youtube our youtube channel has been really great we'll have you can get versions of this show with extras where you can see the things that we're talking about and also see um, my other show gosh golly wow is on that same youtube channel where you can see what we're talking about there and every once in a while you get like a little extra like this week where we had the um a copy of wayne and my presentation from pca so subscribe to us there i would like to thank maximilian of thought for music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out i'd like to once again thanks monica for joining us i'd like to thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye, bye.